Episode of the Bench Mob ENT podcast. Happy National Black People Have Created This Country Month. I am joined by the big three. CJ Moneybags currently is doing something to better his life. We have Greg, Mr. <laughs> Mr. Hot Takes, Debate. Your mother sends me. How you doing tonight? I'm good, bro. I'm doing good, bro. Life is good. And we got Miles. We still got to think of a nickname. Davenport, how you doing tonight? I'm doing good. Before we even start off um, the topic um, of everything that we want to talk about today, first, I want to give a shout out to a couple of my employees over at Bubble Cools for actually tuning in, tapping in with us. Next time y'all watch it, make sure you like take a photo, put it on IG and tag us in it. We'll share it. Of course, Shout out to Cheyenne Vasquez. Follow her on IG, C-H-E-Y-N-N-E-V-A-Z-Q-U-E-Z. And Emma or Zillow, who will be here next week to take photos. So go follow them. Shout them out. But first off, we got to start with what happened. And out of all times, Black History Month. That's how we start off Black History Month. Brian Flores is soon the NFL the Giants, the Dolphins, for alleged racial discrimination. We know we have to say alleged, but we know the vibes. It's not really alleged. Dolphins owner Stephen Ross offered to pay Flores 100 k for every loss. Just going to set the table for y'all if y'all have been under a rock and haven't seen it. Giants chose Brian Dable, and that's how you say it, Dable, as the coach before even interviewing Flores, thanks to Bill Belichick sending the text. We'll get into that. And then you had the Denver Broncos front office showed up drunk and an hour late, allegedly, to the interview for a sham interview because they wasn't going to hire him. And with everything that came out, the text messages, the evidence, the whole lawsuit, which was, I think, somewhere between 100 plus pages, 59, 60 paragraphs, NFL statement to all of this is, this is meritless and will prove our innocence, essentially. Where do y'all even want to start off with this? What were your initial takes from it, seeing this whole lawsuit? i just say my initial thing, I was happy. It was celebrate good times. Come on. I'm happy. Let's, let's burn this thing down to the ground. Put all the information out there. Because, you know, we had the situation with John Gruden, and that kind of just got brushed under the rug because they didn't release the rest of the emails. Mm-hmm. If we really got all the emails, 
that would have been all right, yeah. John Gruden wasn't the only one being racist, but y'all y'all got the floor. <laughs> I I it's it's a loaded topic. I um you know when I when I heard it, I was happy too. I was celebrating. I was celebrating up the off the fact that I it's good that he put Brian Forrest put this out there and put everybody, put the league on blast. Um, obviously for what we know has been going on for forever. I mean, since the league's been created, um, it's not, it wasn't a surprise at all in any way, uh, in any way. And this is just, it's just a layered story. You got to take it one by one. I feel like, cause there's so many places I could go, but no, it, it's clearly, it's clearly been a problem that not just in the NFL that they have, but also in every single sports league, cross industries, outside of sports. It's an issue that we deal with. We deal with as a group of people, right. And every single walk of life, we'd be two times better to get half as much, right? That's really what it is. They can't, how many black offensive coordinators are there, right? Like, Oh, I got the numbers for you. Yeah, we'll, and, and we'll get there. You see what I'm saying? Like, it's a very layered conversation. But Brian, Flo- I mean, Brian Flores clearly makes a good point. I mean, obviously, I, as a Giants fan, I don't think the Giants deserve the benefit of the doubt in this because all the Giants fans listening to this podcast know that Brian Dable was the favorite for the job immediately. There was there was no speculation. I mean, look, the Brian Flores thing. I know, I, I Mara called them. We know all that stuff, but the whole time, the, the prevailing thought amongst people who in the know was that Dayball didn't get the job. That was it, and that it was a two man race, but Dayball was always the favorite, right? So surprise, 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 surprise. Um, I'll be honest in the podcast and say that I wanted Dayball, but not because he was a better coaching candidate. I don't, I don't think that at all. Mm-hmm. Uh, we'll get to Flores' credentials in a minute. We'll talk about it, but. Purely because he's a guy who worked with the quarterback, who built rapport with the quarterback. I have a quarterback here who I don't know what he is, and I need I need to get the best out of him. So <laughs> I would like to get offensive minds around him. That's just the main that's the main reason why I felt the way I felt. But Flores, make no mistake about it, was the more qualified candidate. 20, being twenty four and twenty five with the Dolphins, with an owner like Steve, with uh, an owner with, with like an Stephen owner Ross. Stephen Ross, with an owner like him, being twenty four and twenty five is a hell of an accomplishment. That's not easy to do. And a quarterback who doesn't throw the ball further than five yards, like ever, like that's hard. That's it's hard. It's hard. And no old line, no star running back, no no crazy. Waddle was the first good receiver they've had, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, they, Devontae Parker's pretty good, but he's, he's in and out. Like that team, and he's a good player, but they don't have much. They don't have many blue chip talent on that team. And he was twenty four and twenty five, and he finished the season with an eight game winning streak. That and, guy, and no, to be have to be jobless. And to be, you know, undefeated, what was it, like, not undefeated, he won, like, four out of five games or something like that against Bill Belichick. Which is insane. Which isn't really done, especially in that division. So, there's some merit there also. But, Miles, you you get this report, you get this notification on your phone, you see it on your watch. What was your initial take from this? What's your thoughts on this? Um, And what do you think, like, is going to come from it, if anything? I mean, I feel like it's perfect timing because one, at this day and age, for there for there to only be one black head coach in the league right now is it's kind of funny because I mean it's not like black coaches haven't proven they can coach in this league when given a, a fair chance to because that's the thing if you're paying these black coaches to lose games just to you know later on fire them to bring in who you actually wanted you're not giving these black coaches a fair chance. So I hope something comes out of it. And I hope, you know, I don't think Brian Flores is, is wrong in this at all. And no. looking at those text messages was 
It, it was pretty funny. Thanks, Bill. Yeah, thanks, Bill. <laughs> it, it changed up real quick once he got what he needed to, to no. know from him. Yeah. Thanks, Bill. So I don't Smart know. on his part. <clears throat> it's just sad, though, that he's not going to probably get another head coaching job because I think he's a hell of a coach. Yeah. I mean, See, for him to do thing. what he did yeah. in Miami – I think, limited resources is pretty impressive. I think for the NFL to save their behind, they're going to have to give them a job. Mm-hmm. That way, for his, just keeping it a stack. In the court of law, if you decide then, let's say he gets blackballed, whiteballed, and he doesn't get hired, you can't tell me he's not going to win this lawsuit. He probably still will win it regardless. But that would just be more evidence to, all right, you done made the boys club mad. You don't expose some stuff, and they gonna Kaepernick you. So I think because it just came out like an hour before we started, he's one of the finalists for the Texans job. I think somebody, one of these owners, gonna have to take that L. Yo, one of y'all gonna have to hire that black man because it'll save us all in the end in the big picture. So I think he'll he'll get another job just on that just on that aspect alone for that reasoning. It won't be anytime soon, though, because why would anybody in the NFL hire him while he has a whole lawsuit suing the NFL? Because one, it's not like there's any black owners to you know come to his aid and and help him out. This is a a sport where it's run by old white men, and it's tough to get ownership in these with these teams because I mean, if you buy a team, you're not going to sell it. You're going to hold on to it. It's and pass it down to family. It's generational wealth right there. Yeah. So, I, I mean, I think it's nuanced because I, you make a great point. You make a great point, Tony. Because um, you, you look at it the, versus the Kaepernick situation, the Kaepernick situation was a bit different in the way that it affected white people, white opinion. Because ultimately, the reason why they didn't let him back in the league and they blackballed him was because of white opinion. If, it, if our opinions didn't matter in the Kaepernick situation, we all knew what Kaepernick was standing up for was right. We had, We all knew the way he went about doing it, right? In my opinion, there was nothing wrong with it. I don't think, I don't, I don't most black people didn't have a problem with it because we understood and it resonated with us what he was standing up for and why he did what he did and he'd take a stand. So it made sense. He didn't get, he didn't get player support. He didn't get support from the guys who, who unionized with him, like the players and the, the support staff from the league, around the league. No one really, you know, besides Kenny Stills and Eric Reed, these, no one else really rode for him. This is different with, with Brian Flores. You got a bunch of black coaches that are on support staffs from the NFL. Most of the league is black. Now, these players have proven to be spineless before. NFL players are spineless. They didn't stand for Kaepernick, which always, which, which never sat well with me. Uh, not enough of them did. And his white counterparts did not stand up for him, which really never. And I'm not, I'm not going to hold you. I'm not going to lie. I didn't expect any better. Mm-hmm. I didn't. I didn't expect any better. This case with Brian Flores, you got a lot of black head coaching candidates. Jim Caldwell, who could never get a job again. Lovey Smith went to the Super Bowl, never got a job again, right? It's, it's, there's a, there's Marvin a, Lewis. Marvin Lewis <laughs> taking the Bengals to the playoffs numerous times. You can say whatever you want. He had Andy Dalton. To do that with Andy Dalton was an accomplishment. He's a hell of a coach. People like to slander him. And something to also mention, too, when I, I listened to some other podcasts, for those that didn't know, outside of the sky being blue, for those that didn't know, Cincinnati Bengals for years and even still now, has been one of the cheapest organizations in regards of like even their scouting department. Mm-hmm. So he's doing this. They said with like basically like one person is is the scouting department in Cincinnati when Marvin Lewis was there. Mm-hmm. One person. Mm-hmm. One person is your scouting department. Mm-hmm. This is what they was providing him with to be successful. 
Yeah, they're the only team in the AFC North that, that doesn't have a, um, an indoor practice facility because it gets cold. <laughs> and they, they don't even invest in keeping these guys heated for practices. That's what Joe Burrow's dealing with right now, by the way. But um, it, it's crazy, I right? think they'll change it for JoJo. I, I think if Joe, Joe, Joey asks nicely, they'll make some changes. Yeah. But For Joey, yeah. yeah. <laughs> for Joseph. No, Joe, Joe Burrow, because you got a Joe on that team also with a running back, and they don't care about mixing like that. Like, if Joey B, Joey Cigar. Hey, it's past. <laughs> yeah, it's it, past, tough. it makes it tough. Yeah, the past is crazy. I, I, people seem to forget about that. Well, well, mm-hmm. Let's not even go off topic. Hold on. So there's a long list of black coaches that are going to end up supporting Brian Flores and this. You already see some I guys so. coming out. There's some guys so. coming out now yeah. saying their interviews was a sham. I saw another guy from the um, from the Steelers with an interview with the, with, the, with the Detroit Lions. He said it was a sham interview. This this happens all the time. Mm-hmm. It just happened to the Giants head coach. Uh, I mean, Giants um, defensive coordinator who got dragged up to Minnesota for a nine-hour interview just for them to give the job to a white guy named Kevin O'Connell who coaches with McVay. Right off the back of McVay, that's why the guy gets the job. He's he's, he's friends of McVay. There's a running joke in football that if you're a friend hey, of McVay, you get a job. Hey, even Nathaniel Hackett, the OC for the Packers, gets a head coaching job. Right? This man wasn't doing the play calling yeah. in Green Bay. No. But when you look at some of these other teams, for example, OC for the Packers, you're associated with Aaron Rodgers, right? So typically, you know how it goes. If you're the OC. For a team that's doing well offensively, you got a top-notch quarterback that typically leads to a head coaching position, right? Let's throw out a stat out there because I got them today lined up. Eric Bieniemy has had 20 head coaching interviews. He's 0 for 20. And, 0 for 20 and, with, with the number one viewed as the number one quarterback and the top three offense for the last – Five years. You can't tell me that out of all twenty of those, none of them were shams either. Like even if you're even if you're that white person sitting here listening to the listening to this right now, and you're like, okay, and he just he just wasn't the most qualified person for the job, and you want to play you want to play dumb in that way. Twenty times you interview for a job and didn't get one, bro. There's there's no white candidate that happens to. I'm sorry, there's none. You can't find one. You can't. You can't. Adam no, Gates. Can't. Adam Gates got a job. He got two jobs. Yo, that's what's crazy. Adam Gates did terrible with the Dolphins. Terrible. And the Jets. Two jobs. The Jets saw this man do terrible with them. They were in the same division. The man gets hired after getting fired. Two jobs. That don't happen anywhere else. Let, for example, let's say let's say Mike Tomlin got fired in Pittsburgh. You really think then that in the same division they're going to go hire him the next year? I highly doubt it. At Mike Tomlin, probably. But any other black coach, I'm saying that you don't get that opportunity. Bruh. I mean, you see Todd Bowles. I mean, he got fired by the Jets, and he's getting interviews. But I don't, I don't know if yeah, he's going to get another to? chance. Right? Where's it going to lead to? Yeah. With black head coaching candidates, it's always, oh yeah, they're a hot defensive coordinator, they're a hot offensive coordinator. And by the way, they, there's a big discrepancy with them not getting offensive coordinator jobs. They're not even getting offensive coordinator jobs at a respectable number. Let me break um, it down for you right here. So in the last 20 years. Since the Rooney Rule has been implemented, so I'm gonna just give y'all this number, and there's no way after hearing this number that you can't say that there is some level of institutional racism that is going on in the NFL. In the last 20 years, since the Rooney Rule has been implemented, which was supposed to help bring diversity for black coaches, black GMs in the NFL. 15 
of the 129 vacancies for coaching positions have gone to black coaches. That's 11%. 129 vacancies. Black coaches have only got 15 of those positions since the Rooney rule that's supposed to help was implemented. Only 15 out of 129. That's ridiculous. And for the NFL to just be like, ah, this right here, you know, once it came out, this is meritless. You can't just, that's, that's crazy. That's like America coming out and somebody's like, yo, I want my reparations. You can't respond by saying, yo, what? We were never racist. We never did. That's basically what the NFL is saying. We we don't have a racist bone in our body. We've never done anything to have y'all think that, oh, we, we don't value our black coaches, our black athletes. We don't value black athletes as quarterbacks. We've never done anything like that. We've been the most upstanding, supported organization ever. All these claims are meritless. How, Sway? Also, you hired John Gruden, so that really helped your not racist claim. When there are a bunch of emails out there, you floating around saying all types of crazy stuff about Yeah, I knew about these emails. Yeah, yeah, I knew about them. Y'all didn't want to get out. So y'all made him the scapegoat, even though you all these owners were involved. A lot of these owners were involved in that kind of conversation, those kind of conversations that were happening behind owners, the scenes. Owners, big time corporations. Yeah. The Washington, Washington's owner, Daniel Snyder's still getting off right now. Easy. He's got a bunch of sexual assault allegations on his head. And he's also They've been they've been really brushed under the rug. Yeah. We haven't heard about that in a, in a little bit. I know court it'd be taking some time for stuff he to He just caught a new charge the other day. He, but, he just caught a new charge. It's, cra- it's crazy. I, I feel like we're getting more updates on Deshaun Watson yeah, and Dan yeah. Snyder. Mm-hmm. Well, that's not a mistake, obviously. Of course, I'm just yeah, saying, yeah. like, this kind of just been kind of brushed under the rug. Like, yeah. think about the coverage when Mike Vick got in trouble. We don't get that coverage with none of these owners. Shoot, Robert Kraft, his whole little thing that he's having at the massage parlor. That kind of just... that around the rug real easy. Real, real quick. No one talks about it anymore. The poof, poof, it's gone. They did the magic with it. Y'all became David Blaine all of a sudden. Big Ben, too. Yo, I've been t- he's a rapist. I've been saying it, bro. Big Ben is a rapist. We saw Brayton talking about congratulations, Big Ben, all this stuff. My man was my man is a rapist. It's nuts. It's nuts. 70% black players in the league, one head coach. Four black offensive coordinators. Four. 11 black defensive coordinators. Eight black special team coordinators, three black quarterback coaches, three, six black GMs, six teams have never hired a black coach on a full-time basis. And obviously we know there is no NFL team that has ever had a black owner. There's two things I want to hit on with, with, with the numbers you run over. One, I remember listening to Tom Brady talk about offense versus defense. And I remember him talking about how offensive guys are innately more intelligent there's a, there's a thought process around the NFL, an ideology that if you're on offense, you are smarter. You have to be smarter to be on the offensive side of the ball than the defensive side of the ball. He described defense as see ball, hit ball. He, he made it – he really dumbed it down, right? I think we know why he did it even subconsciously. I'm, I'm not even going to accuse the, the almighty Tom Brady of racism or whatever, but I think I think if you heard the clip, we know what that is. Black guys aren't playing, playing defense. It ain't a whole lot of – you know. but we'll, we'll leave it there, whatever. I'll, I'll, ta- I'll attack Tom Brady some other time. Point is, yo, that thought process isn't, isn't just there with Tom Brady. That's around the league. And you you see those numbers, three, but only three black uh, quarterback coaches. 
and offensive coordinator numbers are ridiculous. Was it four. four? Was it four? Four. That that's crazy. That's insane. You know how many great offensive players there are that were black throughout the history of the league? It is insanity. Ins- the league is dominated by black people. The league is dominated. Dominated by black 70%. people. 70%. 70%. And you tell me that on the offensive side of the ball, we can't get jobs? Why? Because because it's the same thing it was 50, 50 40, 60, however many years ago. It's the same thing. There's this idea that black people are not intelligent enough to do these jobs. That's the reality of it. Innately, they're not smart for these jobs because of the color of their skin. It's stupid. It's obviously not true. It's wildly racist, but we're not in a better place now than we were then. It's still the same thing. Yo, the NFL ain't different from <laughs> real world. This is the NFL is a dichotomy of what's really going on every day. Honestly, Period. corporate America walking down the street like this is the place where we are still at in today's society. I want to touch on this, especially with you being a Giants fan. Y'all have never had a black head coach. And I was reading somewhere a stat too. I think it's like maybe once or twice that y'all ever even started a black mm-hmm. quarterback. Mm-hmm. And it wasn't like it was a starting job, like some injury happened and, oh, we got to start for the game. Darn it. We got to put the black guy in. <laughs> yeah, no, they never have. I I, I, they, I'm not going to be the person to sit up here and defend the Giants. I'm not doing it. I've been seeing that on Twitter, Giant Twitter. They're caping for the team, blah, blah, blah. Posting, you know, reposting the Tiki Barber clip where he's crying, talking about how the uh, mayor took care of him. Listen, I, I don't, I don't know the merit personally, but they're a part of a group of people that have done some pretty horrible things. These owners have never been good to black people, honestly. All right. They haven't. Clearly, we went over some numbers here. We're giving you tangible facts on the show about this stuff. So I'm not going to be the one to step out of, out of, you know, out of pocket and defend the Giants. No, they have not. They, they've had a black GM. They fired him unceremoniously. And even in the way they handle their black GM versus the way they handle the white GM, Dave Gettleman, who sucked. I wish you could curse in this podcast. Who sucked. Yo, they let their, Dave Gettleman walk off. No blame. You retire. You don't get fired. You retire. When you, when you screw the Giants, screw them royally and set them back. A couple years with the draft picks you've made and we don't have to go into detail about this ain't no giants podcast but you know what i mean everyone everyone saw the product okay everyone saw it over the last four years of the giants it hasn't made anything to write home about but to to let him walk away when you're when you're a black gm won two super bowls here mm-hmm. that's wild wow he got fired they let his they let him go see yeah, yeah. i'm one fly they let him go it's, it's it's insane. So I can't. I'm not. I'm not here to defend the Giants. Nobody in the NFL deserves any credit. What are we talking about? If anything, the Steelers deserve credit for standing by Mike Tomlin. But even on that, even on that level, Mike Tomlin was so excellent. Like Mike Tomlin wasn't supposed to get that job. He came in. They already had their 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 candidate. I was into a podcast about this. Yep. We do our homework. I, they had a candidate in mind. I don't know his name. Who cares? He's history. He's not Mike Tomlin. But they had him in mind. Mike Tomlin comes in and wows them. Like, wows them to the point where they're like, all right, you know what? Even though you're black, we got to give you the job. I, I can't I can't justify giving the job to someone else. Mm-hmm. It's you. Like, twice as good to get half as much. That's where it comes from. That's where it comes from. I want to read something that was in the, the lawsuit, which is what happened with the Dolphins. And I don't pray or wish evil or harm against anybody, but... I pray that God's will is done in this situation. And 
God always does a better job of creating justice than we ever will do in the world. But labeled by the Dolphins brass as, and I'm talking about Flores, this is what was mentioned in the lawsuit. Like, if y'all got a chance, it's long, go read it. Labeled by the Dolphins brass as hard, difficult to work with because he did not want to tank or tamper when owner Stephen Ross asked him to do so. So after he was, after he said, I'm not doing it, I'm not tanking, I'm not doing tampering. After that, he was ostracized, then fine, then fired. Basically, hey, we don't want to do them and got labeled as hard and difficult to work with. Got the whole label basically of, and they spread this around in the league, which where, as Miles alludes to, he might not get hired this year because they spread around the league the Dolphins brass, Stephen Ross, that he was basically the angry black man stigma that, you know, is often casted upon black men. We're the angry black man because we're strong in our morals and our convictions, while white men are viewed as passionate for the same exact attributes. Mm -hmm. This is what happened to him. On, on just that alone of the ostracized, for them to go spread around lies, kind of drag his, drag his name through the mud to give him that stigma. Oh, he's an angry black man. He's difficult to work with because I don't want to bend over and kiss your butt because you want me to do something tampering and you want me to basically lose games and tank. And the difference between a black coach and a white coach, they might ask a white coach to do that, but a white coach can do that and win two games in a season and still be back the next year. While a black coach does it, even though you could have had agreement, yo, just tank, I'm going to pay you, don't worry about it. I will fire you next year, though. And now I'm the angry black man, mm -hmm. which is we've all experienced, I'm sure, at some point in our lives of working. We are put in a position where we have to be so careful where how we voice and what we say because of that stigma. You don't agree with what's going on. Oh, whoa, whoa, hold on. I don't want to. I don't want to make you. Why are you upset? Why are you like? Are you mad? Bro, I'm talking to you normal. I'm just saying what you're doing is wrong. Like, I don't think we should spit in the food. Like, I think we should season the chicken. <laughs> and now it's oh, whoa, whoa. Why? Why are you being so hostile? And I know we've been there before, having a regular conversation. I just disagree. Why are you being so hostile? You know, I'm off again. I, I can't have a conversation with you. Because now I'm the angry black man. And now it spreads around the office. Now it spreads around the NFL. Yo, he's difficult to work with. And then people now are positions where they're jobless because of stuff like this that happens still every day. Again, the NFL is not, it ain't no different than what's happening in the real world. Mm -hmm. I don't know why, like some people were shocked. Like, I don't know what y'all shocked about. This happens in the real world. Like, there's a bunch of Brian Flores's in the world. It's a bunch of Brian Flores. He's not the only one. The, there's a new term I've been thinking about the last couple of days called the bridge coach. He's a bridge quarterback, the bridge coach. Think about it. Coley, right? Bridge coach. They hired him for a year. They knew. They hired, We talked about it. Mm -hmm. They hired him for a year in Texas and with the Texans, and they knew that they were going to have him for a year. All right, we'll bring him in, and we'll bring a real coach in after, after you know, we get to this year. Just, just, just this year, because the candidates we want aren't on the market yet. 
They're not. Maybe they're not. They're they're a year out. Our Josh McCown's not ready. Yo, you know. Yeah, that's, uh, bro, they hired Josh. It, it, but but it's not even just him. Um, uh, Steve Wilkes from the Cardinals a couple years ago. He's been coming up. That was crazy. It was one losing season gone. Um, and then the next, the following year, I think they brought in uh, my man who's there now. What's his? Okay, why am I forgetting his name all of a sudden? Uh, Cliff Kingsbury. Mm-hmm. I think he had a losing season. Before they got, before they got, um, Kyler Murray. Kyler Murray. No, they did. They got him, and they had a losing season, right? And and so they let him go to the losing season. Kyler Murray developed. Boom, take off, right? Take off. It's a constant thing. This isn't just a football thing. I've noticed it in basketball too. That in the NBA, and they, I will admit, they are ahead of the NFL in this case, but they still aren't great. They've given black coaches the interim jobs. JP Bickerstaff from the Cavs has gotten interim jobs in no numerous places around the NBA. Dude is a journeyman. A coach journeyman, interim job here, interim job. He's there. He's the guy they they used to coast through the season. Insert white guy, whoever it is. Insert mm-hmm. white guy. Insert whoever you can think of. Right. That's the way this thing has worked in sports in general. Right. Like we're talking about the NFL. It, it's a societal issue, obviously, but it's a sports issue too across the board. But black coaches are often used as bridge coaches to get to whoever the the chosen one is for the ownership group, and the chosen one is usually a white guy. That's the way this thing usually works. It's crazy. Well, KRS one said it right. The bridge is over. That that's KRS one, yeah. right? Yeah, the bridge is over. Brian Flores, he's blowing it all up. The bridge is over. We're not. Hopefully, this brings change because they they not they not doing this no more. And I think it's going to be huge when you have the people actually speaking up with them. I need to hear from some athletes too. Tom got his podcast. You you quiet, my boy. Tom's Tom not gonna say anything. Tom of course he's not. Tom is a sp- spineless. He's spineless the way Jordan was spineless. Of course he's not. I'm just you feel me? Like I need some athletes to speak up. I need someone to speak up. Hey, the Dolphins players, y'all just had this man. Y'all spoke up when he got fired. I need y'all to speak up now too. I I again, like you said, the NFL players are spineless, but this is a time that actually y'all need to speak up and stand together, and we could possibly actually see some real change then. But y'all know the vibes. If you stay ready, you ain't got to get ready. Bench mob, we out. Peace. Peace.